Morning, everyone. Welcome to this Monday morning. And this morning, we're looking at Luke chapter 24, right at the end of verse 50. So this is after Jesus has been crucified and he's risen from the dead and he's um, appeared to the guys on the road to Emmaus. He's appeared to the disciples and he's walked with them and spoken to them. And this is just before he's taken up into heaven. So from verse 50, it said, when he had led them outside to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And I love these little random bits of scripture, friends, because we can look at it as just a bunch of information. Or we can look and say, what can I learn from this? What can What is God speaking to me? What can he say to me through this? When I was reading this this morning, I think it's such a beautiful pattern for us. Because if you take a, a moment to have a look at what the disciples were experiencing in that moment. They trusted Jesus, that he was going to um, deliver them. Earlier on in this chapter, when the disciples who he met on the road to Emmaus were talking to Jesus, they were saying, we were hoping he was going to liberate us from the Romans and set Israel free and like, big revolutionary vibes. But he didn't. The Romans killed him. It was horrible. But then people have told us that he was risen from the dead. And so they were in this quandary. But the disciples were hoping that this would be the Messiah come back as the lion to come and change the world. They didn't realize that Jesus would come twice. Once first as the lamb to take away the sins of the world. And Jesus is coming back in the future as the lion. And he's not coming back to to die again. He's coming back to bring judgment on the earth and to um, come back for his church. And so Jesus here, it's such a beautiful picture. Jesus has been risen from the dead. And they, they're just so stoked to be with him again. Like, wow. Lord, we saw you die. We saw them take your body off the cross. We knew that you were, you were God and here you are alive. And he spent time with them. And then he does two things. He, he raises his hands to bless them. He blesses them. But then he's taken away from them. And I was thinking to myself, and then, then their responses, they worship and they're like, wow, this is incredible. You know, obviously seeing him raptured, taken up into the sky. And then they go back to the temple and they continually spend time praising God, which means praising God. God, you are awesome. This, but also telling people about what God had done for them and how amazing Jesus was. And I was thinking this, friends, there's two ways we can live our, our Christian walks. And they, they're both tricky. You know, um, there's a bunch of ways we can live, but just two ways from this story. I think some of us, we live our lives where we don't expect a lot of God. We don't expect to have these moments with Him that define us. These moments which are, where He's so close, where God speaks to me. And it's just, it's like He raises His hands and blesses me. And I see Him, you know, like the disciples saw Jesus go up into heaven. Like these unexplainable supernatural moments. So we live lives that are kind of just very gray and dull and very plain. And I think it's difficult if we if we have no expectation of the power and the presence of God. It's very difficult to worship. It really is because what are we worshiping? You can worship by faith, hundred percent. Like God, you are this. God, you are that. But I'm saying it more from a. It's written in the Bible, therefore I must. And uh, it's true because I believe it. But I I do believe that there must be moments in our lives, friends, where we expect to experience God. It fuels our worship. And the way we see our lives and the way we go about our lives, we can walk through our lives with like blinkers on where our eyes are dull to what God is doing. 
And so we never respond in worship because we don't ever see what God is doing. Or we ask God by his Holy Spirit and say, Lord, open my eyes to see what you're doing. I want to see where your hand is. I want to see what you're at work doing. Lord, I want to see what you, you know, in my colleagues at work and with my children and with different circumstances in my life. I want to see that you're real, Lord. I want to see your hand at work because when I see your hand at work, my response to that is worship. I find it easy to witness and I find it easy to praise. So that's first the one of the ways we can live our lives. And when I said they're both tricky, that's the first way. So if I can encourage us, if you find yourself in that space that it's felt a bit dull and a bit dry, can I ask you to pray and ask God to open your eyes? Jesus is alive, friends, and he's been, he was risen from the grave, and he, he still uh, interacts with us, and he, by his Holy Spirit, he's still at work in our lives. And to be able to see that helps us to worship. It feeds our worship because we are worshiping him as the God who is present and the God who is at work. Um, the second um, way we can live our lives, if we look at this, is it can be incredibly difficult when we've had moments with God where now, I sometimes hear people talk about this. When I was younger, I was really close to God. You know, when I was at this stage of my life, I really felt God close to me or I had this experience with God. And so a little bit like the disciples, and then he left, right? You wouldn't say that, but it would be like, but then I haven't had an experience like that or I haven't felt him like that or I haven't, you know, experience, had that experience since. And so what happens is I, he's the God who did something once, and so I keep revisiting that thing. And what I love about the disciples was um, they worshipped when Jesus was raptured. But then after the fact, they didn't wait to put, you know, I mean, in other accounts, it says that the disciples were looking up at the air and the angels appeared to them and said, why are you looking up into the air? You know, Jesus promised you, told you he was going to do this. But it says they went to the temple and they continued to praise and, and here's the thing, and it's kind of the flip side of what I was saying just now. We can't just live for the experiences, right? There's those of us who do. We live from experience to experience. Those of us who live like this, and we need to trust God for more moments with Him. But others of us, we experience these. And after the moment, I worship. But after that, I have a big moment with God. He blesses me. You know, it's wow. But then I don't feel like He's close. And so my Christian walk goes into this kind of holding pattern, waiting for God to do something. And what I love about the disciples was they went back and they kept praising in the temple. They made a choice that even though we aren't here with Jesus anymore, we're back in Jerusalem, we're back at the at the coal face again, we're back to real life, if you like, you know, whatever that means. But we're back to our day to day. We're going to keep praising Jesus continually at the temple. And praise is such a wonderful thing. It's different to worship. Like I said just now, worship is the song that comes out of my heart, but just straight to Jesus. But praise is where I proclaim who he is and what he's done. I'm speaking, praise is not only speaking to God, but it's also speaking to man. And so one of the ways that my response and one of the ways I can walk with God and know that he's close is by speaking about him and by speaking to him. I think sometimes we, we can be too externally. Some of us are not externally expectant enough of God's presence. And others of us are too externally expectant of God's presence. And so our take on things as well, you know, if God reaches out to me today, you know, if the wind blows in a certain direction, you know, if I win the lotto, if I, whatever the thing is, we start putting these like ridiculous things out, then it'll be God. Instead of going, God, today, 
thank you. God, thank you that you are great. Thank you for today. Not just thank you for what you did in the past, in that moment when you blessed me, but for today, Lord, thank you for who you are. And I actively begin to thank and love and, and worship God and then take opportunities to share them with others. And friends, it reminds me of how close he is. And I think we need both. You know, we need both of these things in our lives. We need to be able to walk by faith. We also need these moments with God. And that's the incredible journey that we have. We don't serve some dead God who lives in a building. You know, some stained glass window, two-dimensional Jesus. We serve a God who's active and alive with us. Um, but there are times when it feels like he's a little bit at a distance. It does feel like he's left. And he promised us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But maybe he removes our awareness of his presence for a season. And that's a great time to keep praising, keep worshiping, keep telling people about the greatness and the goodness of God. And as we do that, we begin to see him afresh. I hope that blesses you. hope it challenges you. Catch you later on in the week.